If you're an impact investor and believe in the power of patient capital to change lives, build communities, and create a more inclusive economy, then you've come to the right place. Welcome to the best podcast, short for Black Entrepreneurs Survive and Thrive. We share the impact of patient capital when combined with the grit, resilience, and determination of Black entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Iron Mike Stedman, founder and CEO of Ironbound Boxing and Ironbound Media, both based in Newark, New Jersey, where I have a passion for all things social impact, economic development, and community empowerment. On this episode of The Best Podcast, I sit down with Kristen Smith, CEO and co-founder of the Inspira Performing Arts and Cultural Center, a dance and music center for children and adults currently operating two locations in New Brunswick and Newark, New Jersey. Kristen started Inspira in 2002 in the basement of a church with 14 kids and is now currently serving nearly 300 students between her two locations. The last year and a half has put Kristen through the ringer as she actually opened up her Newark location right before the pandemic began. So you can imagine that came with its own set of challenges. However, Kristen has still managed to keep the vision alive thanks to the support of patient capital. With the grant money she's received, Kristen and her team pivoted to a hybrid business model, providing remote and in-person classes. She opens up about her struggles navigating the last year and a half and where she plans to take Inspira in the future. Before you hear from Kristen and I, make sure you subscribe to the Best Podcast newsletter at the link in the show notes. You can also subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who you feel can benefit from hearing these inspiring and uplifting stories of black entrepreneurs. We appreciate you for tuning in with us today and hope you enjoy the following episode. Christine, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Iron Iron Mike. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Such a pleasure to have you here. How about you take a moment and introduce yourself to all those that are tuning in? Hey, everybody. So my name is Christine Smith, and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Inspira Performing Arts and Cultural Center located in New Brunswick and Inspira Performing Arts at Teachers Village located in Newark, New Jersey. And it's a dance school for children and adults. And I'm excited because this upcoming season will be our 20th anniversary in business. Congratulations. That's a big accomplishment for someone who started their uh, uh, business out of a church basement. (laughs) Yes, I know. It's like, wow, I can't believe how the Lord has just blessed us. You know, it was just a dream. And, you know, 28 years ago, I had pituitary brain surgery and I asked God if he allowed me to live, I would go forth and make a difference in the lives of people that I touch, hence Inspira. I love it. And, you know, one of the things we were talking about um, before we we jumped on was, you know, you guys had just opened a new location in Newark, New Jersey, literally a, a two months before the pandemic hit. And now here we are, what, a year and a half later. And uh, how, are, how are you feeling? Wow. So I am excited and thankful for our Newark location. And you know how things even go with construction. We were supposed to open September 2019. And then with delays and delays and delays, that didn't happen. And so it was slated for January. And we had a grand opening January 25th, started classes February 1st. And that's not an ideal time to be opening dance, a dance studio in the middle of the year. Usually you open when school opens in September. So it was already 
a challenge. And then having the pandemic happen, we had to shut down March 13th, as most businesses did in our country and in our world for that matter. It was, it was, it was tough. It was tough, but it was it was a reality check and we had to we had to do it because safety first. And that's how I operate my business. Safety first. Well, we're still we're still here. So clearly you were doing something right. And I want to ask you, as you look back over these, you know, 16 months, what does resilience mean to you? Resilience means not being stuck in where you are and thinking that you have to do everything the same way because businesses that had that mindset or have that mindset or people that have that mindset, you know, either you won't be in business or, you know, it's going to be even more difficult of a way to, to get out of whatever that situation is. For me with Inspira having two locations, I had to be able to pivot. I had to be able to think safety. I had to be able to think, how can I do this and still stay in business? And we converted all of our classes to becoming virtual classes and we use zoom and it was not fun the kids didn't enjoy it just as you know everybody's talking about virtual learning even on the academic level but it was something to keep the connection and that we did from march through july of 2020 then in addition to that I had to apply for grants. I had to get good at grant writing. I had to be good at being, paying attention to what's available, applying for PPP for my employees or my team members, as I like to call them, and then applying for grants. And if I hadn't done that, I have to be very transparent. Inspire wouldn't be here today. Kudos to you for getting out there and getting it done. You know, and especially with you being what I consider one of our anchor institutions in in the state of New Jersey, especially as a as a black entrepreneur, you know, we need y'all to stay in the fight. And that's why we're capturing these interviews and sharing these stories, because there's a lot of people that are going to be listening in that are going to be getting inspired by you, you know, and the resilience you've shown. And so one of the things I would like you to do is uh, take us back and just give us a brief history of, you know, your organization, um, how you launched it. And then we're going to jump into to the pandemic. So as you stated, we started in a basement of a church with 14 kids. And Mike, let me tell you, I'm not from New Jersey. I had relocated here from Southern California. I'm originally from the Bay Area, from Oakland, Oaktown. Hey. And but we moved here. I was director of advertising for Sculpture Magazine. But after having the brain surgery that I told you about, I knew that I really wanted to do something that was going to impact people that was passionate about that. And this entrepreneurship journey is no joke. As you know, I was scared. I didn't really know anybody. And the church I was going to at the time I was leading the dance ministry and the pastor said, well, you know, why don't you start it here in the basement? Because I didn't know anything. I had gone out to different studios to try to rent space because I know that's what my dance teacher that I was still in touch with, or one of the dance teachers that I had growing up in Oakland, that's what business plans that she had with the studio she was at. So I'm like, let me try it here in Jersey. That didn't work. So I started in the basement of the church, was there, then went to my home basement, 
then went to another church's community development center. And then in March, 2005, we got our first commercial space in New Brunswick. And then in 2007, we moved to a larger space and we have been in that location ever since. I've had several landlords, but we as a tenant have been there ever since. What gave you the confidence to open up the second location in Newark? So in 2010, everybody doesn't know this, or, but a lot of people should. I won a business plan competition from the Institute for Entrepreneurial Leadership. I won $25,000 for a pitch. And I was the only dance art organization in the competition that year. And I tried to open up a location in Newark then, and it didn't work. So an opportunity came to my husband and me a couple of years ago where a realtor wanted us to look at some commercial space in Teachers Village. And they told me they were looking for a dance studio to put in this area. And the Teachers Village area of the Central Ward in Newark, it's, I would say, say an up and coming area. They're really trying to get a lot of different small businesses there. And a lot of the businesses are black owned businesses. So I was happy to see that. And we really liked it. But on the initial time we looked at it, it was just too crazy. We were like, we could see us here, but we can't afford it. And I have to give it up for RBH, who is the owner. They, we kept going back and forth. It was a year later and we said, you know, we really see us here, let's go for it. And we did it. So now that takes us to the pandemic. You know, we've got this new location, you posted it all on social media. I was looking at the grand opening, you know, and then the pandemic hits. And it sends us in the sur survival mode over the next, what, 12 months, maybe still a little bit. You know, talk to us about that. I know you already shared about your what resilience means to you. But for those that are listening, how have you survived this, this experience? So I survived with being as smart as I possibly can with my revenue that I have received whether it's through the tuition, which is actually the daily operational money. I also had been smart about the grant money that I've received. Now, a lot of the grant money I received for both locations, because they're two different EIN numbers, were directly for my rent. So I didn't even see the money. It went straight to my landlords, which was great because that took a burden off of my shoulders of worrying on how to pay my landlords. Now, thankfully, I have shown my landlord in Newark, even though I'm a new tenant, that my, my track record in New Brunswick was as such that they knew that we had just started. You know what I mean? So they've been working with me and I'm grateful. And then my landlord in New Brunswick, while I've had several different ones, they have been working with me as well. They're a little bit more tougher than the Newark landlord, which is interesting. I won't go into that, but and it, actually it's quite frustrating, but at least they've been working with me because I know some people, their landlords are not working with them at all. So I'll take that. Um, 
this year has been difficult in or this not this not just this year we're in 2021 but just the whole time of the pandemic and we're still in the pandemic has been different because you know of loss of revenue i wanted to make sure that my families knew that safety was first for me and that i wasn't taking money at any means necessary that's number one, because integrity as a business owner is important to me. That's some of my one of my company values. Um, also, my family's new. In addition to the pandemic happening, my mom sadly passed away last year with COVID. So they knew that this hit close to me. So they knew I was going to have a standard no matter what of what I wanted in keeping my kids safe, the family safe, my team safe. So what we implemented when we started back in September 2020 is a model or a team model to make sure that there was little interaction where we didn't allow parents to come into our studios unless they had children that were six and under. We had assigned seating for them. So they came into the same spot every week. We you know, did the temperature checks, all of those things we cleaned and sanitized after every time someone used the bathroom, sat in a chair. We just had a process in place. Not that that was required to that extent, but we wanted to show our families or if the health department came into either of the studios that we were about keeping our kids and our families and our team safe. It's already hard enough being a small business owner just in itself. Then you throw something like the pandemic and then you throw losing a loved one in the mix. How were you able to protect your mental health during that time? It was tough. It was really tough. I did have a lot of anxiety. I'm not going to lie, especially when my mom passed away. It was like the business was one thing and then her passing away, it just added on. So I actually, I do have a prayer life but I started meditating more and just taking time out. And that was difficult. It was difficult at first, but I knew that it was a need that I had to accomplish in order to get through this. Because you know how everything is. They think, oh, when you're in charge, you have everything together, right? None of us had faced this pandemic before. And as you stated, I'm a small business owner. I'm not some big corporate giant. And um, it was, I, I had to do that. So the essential oils, the meditating, the self-care walking, all of those things really, really have helped. Then going into the fall this past year or school year, you know, our numbers were down, but we pushed forward. We really pushed forward. And I can't tell you how many parents appreciated it. And we have people that didn't come back initially. It could have been for multiple of reasons. It could have been because of a job loss. It could have been for relocation, or it could have been comfort level of not wanting to come into the studio, but also not wanting to do anything on Zoom. We, we, had, we had a lot of that. Or people just wanted to be in person every week, and they may have left and gone to another studio. And guess what? I'm a big girl. I'm okay with that because what I have learned in this business journey of 20 years, you have to stand for what you stand for. And I was not doing anything just because I knew I needed the money and Lord knows I needed the money. But again, 
safety first. And if my parents and families did not understand that, then Inspira may not be the place for them. You briefly touched on it, but, you know, this whole virtual learning, right, that environment um, and with so many people, especially in Newark, uh, dealing with unemployment, you know, um, a lot of stuff shutting down. How important was it for you to still kind of get out there and serve the community in some capacity? And then what were you seeing in a sense of memberships? Were people dropping off? I mean, how was that looking? For the Newark location, because we were already just starting in the beginning phase of starting, our numbers were low in the first place. We had people, a lot of people from Newark that dropped. They they either didn't necessarily say it was not financial. And you know, everybody has their own comfort level of what they're discussing or what they felt like they wanted to discuss. But a lot of people just, they were like, we, we can't do it. My, my child can't do it. And that was in the beginning phase when you look at March to July. And what we did last year, we extended our season because we thought we were going to be able to have a recital someplace. I wanted to initially then have it outdoors, but you know, the numbers didn't really come down like we thought, and I wasn't comfortable in having an outdoor recital. So we had a virtual recital and we had people that participated and didn't. But again, I showed resiliency. I told the kids that they were resilient in the families and the interesting thing about having that virtual recital last year is that people were able to watch from all over the world. So I didn't even think about that benefit that we might have. And people were so thankful that we pushed through. So it was like, you know, yes, we may have a couple of naysayers or people that have that negative energy, which I, I don't need negative energy. You know what? Stay away. We, it's, life is hard itself. But we pushed through with that. And then when we started back in September, this past year, we were able to have a virtual recital and then we have four outdoor recitals, Mike. And let me tell you, the families loved it. They absolutely loved it. They were thankful because we hadn't seen each other. They were thankful that I was able to get an outdoor venue and one, get this, one of the recitals, the, the fifth recital, the fifth and final recital out of all of them, we got rained out. And so I had to reschedule a date and get something. This was in New Brunswick. We were able to do everything in New Brunswick. So the Newark students came, everything was together and combined. And the city of New Brunswick worked with me with the park that we had, and we had a rain date for that last recital that was outside. I must say, looking at your social media, your kids look amazing. I mean, they look happy and healthy and fun. And I I, was, I told you in the pre-interview how much I was blown away by all of that. Um, and now as we start looking, you know, on the other side of this pandemic, who knows when it's going to end? But how are you thriving? How are you setting yourself up to thrive um, as we move towards the future? So one thing that this pandemic has taught me, and like you said, we're not out of it. But one thing that has taught me is about being prepared. So now we have systems in place where for the fall, we are going to be back in person fully, but still keeping certain social distance rules for our safety and for the parents' peace of mind and my peace of mind. But um, we're prepared if we need to go back to whatever. I'm praying we don't, but we're prepared for that. 
The other thing is I'm, I'm just really evaluating and fine tuning the Inspiral culture, looking at things from the financial standpoint, looking at my numbers even closer to find out, well, what does it need that I need to continue? What is it that I need to discontinue, right? Um, I'm looking at ways to make things seem seamless. And I'm not going to lie, it's definitely a challenge. It's definitely a challenge. But those are the things that I'm doing to make sure certain systems and processes are in place where if something like this happens again, we should be okay. You talked to us about the importance of receiving funding during all this process, in this process. Talk to us about that and how that has, you know, kept the lights on, allowed you to keep your mission um, and potentially what would have happened had you not been able to receive funding? Well, I'll start with the second question first. Without a doubt, if I had not received funding, Inspira would not be here. We wouldn't be here. Now, Grants. I I am constantly looking for grants. I'm still doing it to this day because, you know, there's the misconception that you have to be a not-for-profit to apply for grants. That's not the case. There were grants available depending on the county you live in, the city you live in, a program. And I just applied for it all. Now, the one thing you have to know when you're applying for these grants, you have to know your numbers. You have to have your story together. You have to know things about your business. You can't just apply. So I got really good at that. I also got good at, which I love, telling the Inspire story. Governor Murphy highlighted me on News 12 when he was doing one of his COVID-19 briefings. And I just really tried to continue to let the Inspira story be known, how we're impacting children. While anybody can come to Inspira, why keeping a dance school supporting black and brown kids is vital and important because our kids need it. They need something positive to do. And Inspira is so much more than just a dance experience. We are, we are truly trying to change the world one child at a time. You know, it's interesting when I look at your your kids and, you know, I serve youth myself here in Newark with Ironbound, you know, a lot of people can look at what you're doing and say, why didn't she do a nonprofit? You know, especially given the demographic that you're serving. But it seems like, you know, you're able to create more impact through your model. So when I first started, I really honestly, even though I was working for a nonprofit, I didn't know about the different business entities myself, you know, for me, but I feel, I feel good about the, the for-profit model that I have. Now I do have a nonprofit arm or I did have a nonprofit arm that I need to revitalize called Inspire Impact because what we do, and we still have partnerships with schools, we offer scholarships to students uh, in New Brunswick, we haven't been open long enough in Newark to be able to establish something yet, where we we had partnerships with stu- skill, schools, excuse me, let me say that again, we have partnerships with schools where, you know, if they have a dance program but needed more technique, Inspira was the school that was recommended. I would come in and look at the kids and between myself and the teacher there, they would get recommended to take classes. I can't tell you how many students that we have impacted by offering 
them a chance to dance complimentary. And I need to work on that model because initially it was just me not taking tuition. I can't afford to do that. So when we move forward with different models, it would be like, say, can somebody sponsor? Can we get a company to sponsor to help these children be able to dance? So that's that's the focus I'm doing now. Now in Newark, we have to really get known. We have no visibility yet in Newark, but we do have a partnership with North Star and that started right away. And we've been asked again to work with students from North Star for the fall. So this will be, we started in February of 2020, kept that partnership. We had it again for the 2020-21 school year. And now we've been asked again to work with them for the 2021-2022 school year. So that's something that's really good. And, you, you know, you hinted on it, but as you're starting to apply for all these different grants, and there's a lot of talk in the ecosystems, particularly after George Floyd, about we got to support Black-owned businesses. We got to support, we got to close the wealth gap. We got to do all this kind of stuff. And then here you are, a dance studio, you know, in in Newark and, and New Brunswick, and you're applying for grants. Did you get any kind of pushback at all, or was it was everyone pretty supportive? Oh, everybody was very supportive as far as... You mean the the companies that I applied for the grants to? Oh no, I didn't get any pushback. Mm -mm. Understood. Well, as we uh, wrap up this interview, we've got people tuning in from all over the country, all over the world that are really interested in hearing inspiring and uplifting stories such as yourself. What closing remarks would you like to leave them with, both with regards to Inspira? as well as the importance of getting capital out to entrepreneurs like yourself uh, that are in the community and to survive on the other side of this pandemic? I have a few things to say. In reference to Inspira, I will, I will give a shameless plug because I have to. That's what I do as an entrepreneur. Inspira is is more than just a dance experience, as I said earlier. So if you're looking for a place that is focused on dance education, Inspira is the place. I invite you to try us out and look us up on social media. Mike has talked about that. Our Instagram handle is at InspiraPack. That's I-N-S-P-I-R-A-P-A-C-C. -C. And then Facebook is at InspiraArts. But that's, that's the plug because I have to. But I love what I do. I love making a difference for kids. So if you are a future entrepreneur or a current entrepreneur, make sure that whatever you're doing, you know your why. Make sure that only beyond, beyond your why, that you are looking at your finances, you're looking at your systems, you're looking at everything that helps make your business work. And if you're looking to get into that journey, make sure that you have the right people in place that can help you and that can guide you. Now, in reference to capital, be smart. Be savvy with what you're doing with capital. Always keep your eyes open and your ears open to listening and seeing what may be out there. Don't be closed-minded. Don't say, oh, I don't need that or it couldn't work for me. 
if I hadn't tried, I've, I've received so many things because I try. And guess what? Sometimes I may fail or not be as successful as I want, but I try. And that's a message I send to my own personal children. That's something that I give for the kids that come through Inspira. A closed mouth won't get fed. So if you don't try, you will never know. And if you get knocked down, guess what? You get right back up. To those that are tuning in, you know, just hearing Kristen talk, this is why it's important to have that patient capital. Because again, without the grant money, without um, having support to get through this pandemic, you know, she would not be here surviving and thriving like she is today. And so Kristen, on behalf of Rutgers, it's been a pleasure being able to sit down with you today. And uh, we look forward to following your journey and sending support your way. And for those that are listening, if there's one thing they can do to support your efforts, what is that? If you're a company out there looking to sponsor a small business in the arts, please reach out to me. Mike can give you my information on how to contact me because we definitely need companies to sponsor these children. There are people that are not able to afford the arts, but the arts definitely changes lives. So it, it's more than just a extracurricular activity, which the kids also need, but it's working on their confidence. It's helping them learn different motor skills and focusing on growing them. And it's focusing on helping them learn to build a be a team and learn how to handle situations that as we grow to be adults need to be able to handle. So it's so much more than just what you see. And that's what Inspira is about. And I know if we can get some sponsors for our organization, that would just really help make me feel secure in knowing that we can impact more children. We'll be sure to share your website in the show notes so we can guide listeners there. And for everyone that's tuning in to this podcast, do us a favor and subscribe to the Black Entrepreneurs Survive and Thrive on iTunes, Spotify, or whatever listening service you're using today. We'd greatly appreciate if you left us for review and shared this podcast with someone in your network who, you, who can benefit from hearing these inspiring and uplifting stories of entrepreneurs like Christine. To learn more about the Center for Urban Entrepreneurship and Economic Development at Rutgers Business School, visit www.business.rutgers.edu slash CUED, C-U-E-E-D. You can click the link in the show notes. And until next time, everyone, peace, love, and have a great rest of your week.